Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Let's uh, let's move on to the next speaker, um, and then uh, we'll see how we're going with the with the time after that. But uh, okay, so our next uh, speaker is going to be an associate professor from the University of Hawaii. His name is Dr. Brett Opegard, and he's going to be talking about a, a very interesting uh, project with the uh, National Park Services. So uh, let's uh, roll his uh, video. Aloha, everyone. This is Brett Opegard from the University of Hawaii. It's great to be back talking with you. Um, curious about this project and you want to look up more and find out more, you can go to the webpage, which is unidescription.org, unidescription.org. Uh, you also can download our free mobile apps and listen to audio description from more than 120 different national parks around the country. And by to do that, um, you just again go to your app store and type in UNI description in the search, and the app will pop up. It's again a free um, download, free to use. There's never any cost for you to listen to this great description that we spent so much time making. And I hope you give that a try. And uh, especially in this pandemic time, it's a good chance to. Uh, travel around the country and, and learn about the precious places of the United States, um, but do it safely um, in the comfort of your own home and you know, listen to some of the great descriptions that we've made and um, get a sense of how we do things. So when there's a chance for you to travel in the future, you'll be able to use the unit description descriptions as a way to get yourself ready for the trip and give, give yourself some information about a place you're going to visit if you're going to go to to a national park or a fish and wildlife uh, refuge or something like that and then um, that is very helpful in setting the stage for your trip um, in terms of planning and what you want to do and how you want to do it and what amenities are there and all of that so I'm hopeful you'll find this very useful and you'll be um, uh, glad that we've, we've done all this work to make these places more accessible. And the first step, I guess, is just to listen to what we've done and let us know how we're doing. So again, um, go to your app store, download the Unit Description app, listen to some descriptions of some of your favorite places and um, let us know how we're doing. So on the website, unidescription.org, there is um, a contact form that allow you to, to uh, contact us and let us know, um, you know what we're doing right and what we're doing we could do better. So I thought a good way to start this would be to read a description, and I'll just take one kind of randomly here from our collection. Um, this is from the Statue of Liberty National Monument. It's describing a sepia-toned horizontal illustration. And the description that um, we created during this project is, Immigrants stand on a crowded deck of a steamship entering New York Harbor. The ship is in the foreground and is about to pass the Statue of Liberty on its port side. The statue is in the right background of the illustration. It is just a silhouette of the iconic landmark. Many of the immigrants look toward the statue. Some point toward her. Trying to get a better look, other climb, others climb to the ship's rigging. And the caption on this 
illustration is Immigrants and Statue from Frank Leslie's Illustrated Newspaper. Um, and there's some related text here. So above and below this illustration is the text of the 1883 Emma Lazarus poem, The New Colossus. It reads, Not like the brazen giant of Greek fame with conquering limbs astride from land to land, here at our sea-washed sunset gates shall stand a mighty woman with a torch whose flame is the imprisoned lightning and her name a mother of exiles. From her beaconed hand glows worldwide welcome. Her mild eyes command the airbridge harbor that Twin Cities frame. Keep ancient lands your storied pomp, cries she with silent lips. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. The wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless tempest toss to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. So this kind of description uh, we put together for every image that would be on a National Park Service brochure in the parks that we've worked with, which again are more than 120 parks. So if you're going to, say, visit the Statue of Liberty and you normally um, would want to know a little bit about the site before you get there, you, uh, you might say, well, what's the orientation uh, media? And the media that people would get would be a brochure made out of paper and with pictures on it and text, and it's a completely silent brochure. So what we have focused on in this project is taking all those brochures and, um, number one, translating the existing text and the existing uh, material, captions and whatever, into um, text that can be read by a screen reader. And then number two, um, every image, every map, every illustration, every collage that's on these um, on these brochures we have translated into um, audio described text and then that way through our mobile apps um, you can uh, open these up on your phone and you can listen to them and you can have the same exact orientation or an equivalent orientation to anybody else who comes to a National Park Service site. So we're very excited about that. It's been um, a lot of work. We've started in 2014 um, when the project began it was uh, began with just a box of brochures that was mailed to us and we said can we make these accessible and so since that date we've um, spent many years building uh, web, uh, the website we're building uh, open access open source online tools for the production of audio description and maybe a new quirk that you haven't heard too much about, and for relatively new, is what we call the descriptathon. And so a descriptathon is like a hackathon. Um, a hackathon is is an event that was brought, you know, usually brought together with uh, computer programmers and tech people, and they'd say we have this this problem we want to f- we want to solve by getting our buses to run on time or or whatever. And um, these tech people would write their computer code in a, in a few days or a day or two, and they'd compete with each other to see who could do the best job on it. So these hackathons became very popular with um, computer scientists and um, people who program computers. And we thought, well, okay, we have a, a, a uh, situation where part of our problem is um, programming. We need programs to do these work this work because... Audio description um, 
in, before our project had primarily been done uh, by individuals recording their voices, um, performing uh, live audio description or, or any number of other means, but we wanted to make a, a durable, um, accessible product that could allow people to access this information at any time, not just like one day a month or something like that. So we had to. The first thing we had to do was kind of build out. Um, well, the first thing we had to do was figure out what exactly do people know about audio description, um, and, when, and what do people value in it, and then what do researchers know from scientific study of audio description, like what works and what doesn't, and then what do um, what do audio describers do that are very successful? So we call those best practices. And then people, we, we learned about the best practices. We learned about what empirical study had been done about audio description. And then we we built a on, an online tool set that allowed um, that information to be shared and also to have people produce audio description through um, a computer program. And this computer program would basically, or what it basically does is you, you type in the script of your audio description and it produces a machine voice version um, as well as a digital marked up version that screen readers can use. So the kind of job of all of this is to have somebody take a brochure, figure out how it could be described, and then spend the time to um, describe every image, describe every map, etc. So um, part of the part of the challenge of all this has been: so how do we how do we get somebody to be comfortable to do this um, describing, and then how do we give them the tools to do this, and then how do we disseminate the information? And that was the mobile app part. And all of this sort of came together in this idea of the descriptathon. So the descriptathon again is it's like a hackathon in the sense that you bring people together for a very short time. In our case, we bring t- people together for three days. Um, uh, the, the three days are just action-packed from morning to night, where people uh, are on teams that are a mix of. National Park Service staff, National Park Service volunteers, and ACB members. So it's not um, not ACB members at the end of the line um, taking what's already been done and saying thumbs up, thumbs down. It's ACB members involved in the process from the from the beginning. So when this production process begins. Um, ACB member is there the first day talking with the staff and listening to how they're working on their descriptions and so through this drafting process um, there's direct um, involvement in the process uh, with ACB members and we've probably had um, I don't know let's say 50 to 100 ACB members who have participated in the unit description project um, so far and we're definitely want more people so if you're listening to this and you think this might be fun and you want to participate let me know and we'll get you on the list for the next descriptathon which will be coming up in the uh, probably late fall of 2021 and the descriptathon is an event that um 
is all virtual, so you don't have to go anywhere. You just have to have a computer and a, a smartphone of some sort. It can be an Android or an iOS phone. And then have a computer where you can um, do some typing and um, emails and things like that. So the, the basic requirements are, um, do you enjoy audio description? Do you enjoy national parks? Um, do you have a computer? And do you have a smartphone? And if all those are good, the rest of it is, um, we, we, we would be happy to welcome anybody um, with any kind of visual impairment or blindness uh, to our teams. So if you want to do that, I'd, I'd, I hope you can let me know and we'll add you to the next set of teams. So basically, an ACB member gets put on a team with um, National Park Service people, for example, like the Statue of Liberty team, and you get put on there with volunteers, and the first thing your group will do is review the um, brochure and figure out how many descriptions you have to write and what those descriptions are about, and then if you're writing a description about an illustration or a photograph or a or a map, then you have to f- kind of figure out like why is this in the brochure in the first place? Why why do we have this this uh, map in here? Why do we have this image in here? And once you understand the purpose of it, then you can make a great description about the um, about the uh, visual piece of media and 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 uh, share that in an equivalent way with people who are blind or visually impaired. And so over the course of three days. Um, we do training on audio description. We teach people about it. We tell people about the research that's been done. We tell people about best practices. We have um, practice contests where, um, for example, we practice t- describing a portrait of, say, Abraham Lincoln. And then um, for the hackathon part, which is a, a contest, a tournament, we have basically a basketball type tournament where each team is placed into a bracket and they compete against another team in each round. And then in each round, um, everybody describes the same piece of visual media, like um, again, a, 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 let's say a, an illustration of the Wright brothers playing. And, um, and then those descriptions are compared side by side by, guess who, ACB members. So ACB members help to write them, and then they turn their, uh, they put on their other hat, and they become the judges of the of the tournament, and they help decide which of the two descriptions were better and why, and then they they tell those teams um, their judgment on it. You know, which do they like? Why did they like it? And then the teams um, who win the rounds advance in the tournament, and the teams who don't win the rounds go into a consolation bracket. It's not really that much of a different process, whether you're in the main tournament or the consolation bracket, but there's a lot of fun prizes involved where people win prizes along the way. There's a lot of camaraderie. There's a lot of um, just a really a bridging of... Uh, park service staff with ACB members with volunteers and like bringing everybody together on this common purpose of making their park site more accessible and when they do that they um, they get a, a sense of like what um, what is a what's what's the value of this experience for any person to come to a park site well they learn about precious public resources and they um, get a chance to maybe be in the outdoors depending on what kind of 
park it is, and um, they get to learn about history and politics and, you know, invention and all the innovation and all the American ingenuity of the of, uh, of our, our past. And, um, and it's just a great chance to kind of connect deeply with, with American uh, roots and culture. And on the park service, from the park service perspective, this this whole public resource is available because taxpayers support it and they fund it, including everybody listening to my voice. And all of you have a stake in these national parks, and all of you are welcome, and all of you are um, uh, wanted in these national parks. And so the that one of the complications has been how do we make the media accessible for people who are blind or visually impaired and how do we how do we make an equivalent experience so everybody feels like they're uh, included in this in this uh, place this precious place that everybody loves and so that's part of what we're doing here is building these experiences that are audio only and they're designed specifically for people who are blind or visually impaired and that gives people who are blind or visually impaired a a um, access point to get into the park site and get into the media about the park and to start to understand why did we why did we put aside this park uh, at all? Why is it even here? And what's in, why is it important? Why is it a national park? Meaning it transcends state borders, local borders. It's something that the whole nation values. And because of that, we want to make sure uh, if the whole nation values it, then the whole nation should be able to, to go into it and um, should be able to learn about it and participate in that special place. And so this hackathon, descriptathon that we do, that brings people together. They learn about description. They um, write description. They share description. And we give it away um, in an open access, open source form. So everything we make is grant funded. Um, there's never a cost to the producers or users of this. And, um, and our real goal is to make the world an accessible place. So how do we audio describe the world? That's um, been, been our mantra. And so what we think about is Okay, so who's done something like this? I think the people who are deaf or hard of hearing have had a lot of success getting most things captioned. So why can't we do the same thing for audio description? Why can't we make every piece of visual media have an audio description to it as well? It's not that much more work. It's, it's something that actually can be integrated quite a bit just into the... Um, into the uh, primary channel when someone's creating it. They can do a lot of description just as they go. And then whatever augmenting of description that's needed, that can, that can be provided as well. And we wanna make a socially inclusive experience where people are um, not, for example, uh, sitting in a, in a special booth and listening to the audio description while their friends and family members are going around the park and having fun. Uh, what we want is audio description that's in your phone. You can listen to it. You can walk around. You can talk with your friends and family. You can stop at any point. You can um, 
navigate around the content. It's not just one long file. It's broken down into into uh, parts that are easy to jump between, depending on where you're at and what you want to know about. And um, and we've just had a, a tremendous amount of success and interest in uh, in these descriptions once we've made them and put them into the public's ear. And what we found is that people, number one, of course, love national parks. Uh, people love to feel like a national park is inclusive and wants everybody to be there. And that if people are blind or visually impaired, this is a chance for um, a, a visitor to have agency and have a choice in what goes on. So. Instead of say I'm going to the park with my friends and family, and I don't really know what's there, but I'll just go along for the ride and do you know have some fun. Um, in this case, with using the audio description we provide, a person can, a blind or visually impaired person can listen to the description about the park, learn about the park, learn about what might interest you, what you might want to do. And then when your friends and family are saying, let's go, you can say, oh, yeah, I'm ready to go. And also, you know, I'm really interested in, in uh, this part of the park. Sounds pretty cool. I'd really like to do that. And, um, and that kind of agency we found has been very, very important. And um, some, of the, some of the comments I've received have been uh, really moving to me to hear how this has changed people's lives. So I hope... I hope you give it a chance. I hope you um, think that national parks are for you. Uh, they want to be open and accessible and transparent and and serve your needs. And uh, this audio description we provide is just the start of it. It's not the end. There's a, there's a whole bunch of audio description that still needs to be added, but um, the National Park Service is committed to to doing that kind of description. They're committed to making parks more accessible. And in our part, we're, tr we're trying to help everybody f uh, feel included. So um, so I hope, hope you feel that way. And I hope you feel our project, the unit description project has been made for you and to serve you. And um, any way I can make it better, I hope, hope you um, give me an email or a call and let me know um, how I can make I can make a more accessible world for you. And again, I just am really thankful to be invited. Um, again, HAB is my home uh, affiliate. So um, I, I know, know quite a few of you just uh, from our previous talks. And uh, I hope this added a little bit more information that you might find interesting. And I'll look forward to talking with you soon and, and hopefully seeing you at a national park soon. And having you um, listen to our audio description and having you tell me all about it. And, and um, I'm just really looking forward to building a strong relationship um, with HAB and our, our local national parks in Hawaii, but also when you go to the mainland. Um, I also want you to be able to, to uh, have a great time at all the national parks there too. So I'm running out of time. I hope hope you feel like that was a worthwhile um, introduction to the site but, and the project. And uh, if you have any other questions, just let me know. Again, Brett Opegard, B-R-E-T-T 
dot O-P-P-E-G-A-A-R-D at Hawaii dot E-D-U is my email. Brett, B-R-E-T-T dot O-P-P-E-G-A-A-R-D at Hawaii dot E-D-U. And um, I'll look forward to talking with you soon. Right. Thank you so much, Dr. Opegard. Um, and that's a really wonderful project. And and I, I I didn't know about the Descriptathon. That sounds like such a wonderful way to do this in like a fun way. And and uh, everybody wins, right? Everybody wins. So um, let, let's get right into the next one. We, we are trying to stay on schedule here. But um, next up, we have from I Can Connect. Uh, we have a, uh, let's see, support contact. Uh, her name is Leah Newman, and you are also going to be hearing from a couple of our uh, members, K.R. Wright and uh, Lance Kamaka. So let's get into it. Hello, my name is Leah Newman, and I work for the Helen Keller National Center, and I'm joined by Lance Kamaka and K.R. Wright to talk about the I Can Connect program, which is also known as the National Deaf-Blind Equipment Distribution Program. So an overview of our program is that we provide free distance communication equipment and training to people with both significant hearing and vision loss who meet federal disability and income eligibility guidelines. And this program was created to help participants connect with friends, family, community, and the world, which I feel is so important right now, especially during a pandemic, to be able to have those connections with other people um, in your community and in the world. So the goals of our program are to promote increased independence, reduce isolation, enhance social interaction. And um, this program is for distance communication and not face-to-face communication. Some background on our program is it is part of the landmark 2010 federal law, the 21st Century Communications and Video Accessibility Act, administered by the Federal Communications Commission. And one of the reasons this program was started was because a group of people with combined vision and hearing loss went to the FCC and let them know that they did not feel safe and that they could not call 911 uh, in case of an emergency because they didn't have that accessibility with um, the equipment that's currently out there. Um, and this program was a five-year pilot program and became a permanent program as of 2017. And this Can Connect program is available in all 50 states, the District of Columbia, American Samoa, Guam, the Northern Mariana Islands, Puerto Rico, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. So it's available in every state, territory, and commonwealth. And I myself cover Hawaii and the Pacific Islands. To be eligible for this program, you need to have significant combined vision and hearing loss that causes difficulty in distance communication, meaning you need to have be legally blind and have 200, 20 over 200 vision with correction or have a progressive condition such as glaucoma, macular degeneration, uh, or different um, syndromes such as Usher syndrome that would cause that vision loss. And then for hearing loss, you need to have a mild to profound loss that impedes communication. And then for income eligibility, 
you need to have a household income of less than 400% of the federal poverty rate or qualify for low income assistance programs such as SSI, Medicaid, or food stamps. And on our application, we provide the chart uh, for the federal poverty rate. And so you're able to look at the number of people in the household versus how much uh, you're able to in make annually to qualify for this program. The I Can Connect program provides the individual with an assessment to begin with once your all of your application and supported uh, documentation are submitted. We have an assessment to inform suitable equipment and software per the individual's hearing and vision loss. Uh, we look at distance communication goals and existing equipment and technical skills that the consumer has. And what is really great about this program is we don't just provide an assessment and equipment for the consumer, we also provide the training uh, for all the different types of equipment. And we on Hawaii are uh, work with the Island Skill Gathering, which is an amazing company that provides training for assistive technology. And our trainers go to all of the Hawaiian islands and work with our clients. And they also don't just provide one-time training. They will keep working with the client until they feel comfortable with the product. Or for example, if a pandemic arises, um, the client may want more training on Zoom or Google Meet or different online communication platforms. And our clients are able to contact the trainers and receive more training on the equipment that they have from our program in order to be more connected with the people around them. So for our program, we provide amplification devices as well, but we do not provide hearing aids. And then we also provide braille devices, but we don't provide training on how to read braille. To apply for our program, each seat has its own application and that can be downloaded from the iCanConnect.org website, or you can let HAB know and I can uh, connect with you to to provide an application for you and I can also assist with completing that application and then after you're accepted then we'll go through the steps of the assessment and uh, the installation and then get your training started. The equipment in our program range from different types of smartphones or mobile devices, computers, laptops, tablets, braille devices, signalers, uh, software such as a JAWS program, uh, and also amplification devices such as speakers or headphones and different types of large keyboards. We have a lot of different great equipment out there and you can access some of that equipment on the iCanConnect.org website. There's a link called equipment and you can read about different equipment that we have to offer. It's not all listed on that website, but uh, there's a good a good amount of things posted on there for you to check out. And uh, that is my part for today. And now I'm gonna pass it to Lance and Kao to talk about how the program has impacted them. My name is Lancelot Kamaka, and I was first introduced to the I Can Connect in 2012. Prior to that, I had an iPhone. I, I got an iPhone 4S, and I was using it to do texting. 
And, um, but I was using Siri at the time and Siri with its flaws, um, had, you know, would, would text me wrong messages. Um, people received the wrong stuff. And I got so irritated that I had to really learn how to use gestures prior to the I can connect. And then in 2012, like I was saying, I was uh, introduced to I can connect. And I am so thankful because it opened up a new world for me. Um, I got my first Braille note from Humanware, and I was able to write really quickly, send out my text messages, my email. I could receive them in Braille. Um, it was a really, really just, just a new world for me. I, I was so in love with the texting that I had to get unlimited Um and so the first device I got from I Can Connect was um, from Humanware, uh, Braille Note Apex, which I must say, out of the, all the equipment, it lasted a long time, a little over two years. And then I got, um, after that, my... Um, no apex kind of broke down and so I was um, my rep suggested that I should try another device so from I can connect I got um, an upgraded version of a braille note taker which was um, from hymns called braille sense YouTube and I liked it very much um, and then it kind of broke on me, the, the, the keys um, broke on me after much typing and wear and tear. Uh, it didn't even last for, I, I would say, maybe about a year, less than a year. Then I got the Polaris because I subscribed to a list that said that the Polaris was great. And I got a big rave about it. And so I got it. And then I had to get it repaired. Um, no fault of I can connect. It was just a fault of technology that I guess with newer technology, with its progress and more, more features, they tend to break down more. Uh, not like my Note Apex, which lasted so long. But anyway... I'm very thankful that I Can Connect has um, allowed me to do these things. And that's it. Aloha, everybody. I am KL Wright. And I got started with the I Can Connect program back in 2015. My first unit, well, my first piece of technology was the Braille Note, uh, the Braille Sense U2. And this opened up a lot of doors for me because I am often in a noisy situation and I have my iPhone with me with speech, but there should, I um, was struggling because I couldn't really hear very well. So we managed to get this braille display to help me read email and text messaging for communication. And also I'm using it, I used it for a uh, broadcasting situations where 
I am a internet radio broadcasting uh, broadcaster, and I use it for um, for emailing listeners and also to look up song names and track um, track albums also during the show and to communicate with li- with listeners for uh, with the computer. My next purchase that I got back in 2017 was the Braille Note Touch Plus, and I got it from Humanware. And this was this unit was able um, this piece of technology was able to it able it enabled me to help me out um, communicate with others as well, especially using email with it and also text messaging in a noisy situation and I was also able to take notes when I was in the professional learning and leadership institute program which I attended in 2019 until last March so I think the ICANN Connect program has done a very great job especially in the world of communications for us deafblind people all right. Thank you so much. Um, so we are, I'll, I'll do one quick door prize and then we'll move into the next one. So uh, let's see, number four of our door prizes here. We've got a $25 Walmart gift card. Uh, oh, that was also donated by Lara Taniga. Thank you again for the, your donations, Lara. Uh, and uh, that is going to be going to... Uh, why may uh, da Silva? Why may da Silva? So, uh, congratulations on that gift card. It's a pretty good uh, dollar amount there. <laughs> so, enjoy that gift card. Um, and uh, we'll just get right into the next speaker, our next presenter, which is going to be from uh, the ATRC, Assistance, Assistive Technology Resource Center. Um, it's the executive director, and her name is Barbara Eschelwitz uh, Leung. So let's roll that video. Hello. We're with the Assistive Technology Resource Centers of Hawaii, also known as ATRC. We're located in Honolulu, Hawaii, but we serve all of the Hawaiian islands and areas in the Pacific as well. So we want to spend our time with you talking about assistive technology for all disabilities. We are going to focus specifically, though, on technology for people who may be blind, may have vision challenges, and people who also might have a combination of blindness and deafness. So let me introduce myself. I'm Barbara fishlowitz Leong, the Executive Director. And here with me for this program is our Deputy Director, Monty Anderson Nitahara. So I'll let him share a little bit of who he is and why he's here. Hey, everybody. As she said, I am Monty Anderson Nitahara. I've been with ATRC for about four years now. And I'm working as the Deputy Director at the moment. I have um, been blind all of my life, although when I was younger, I did have some vision that allowed me to sort of hide. Yeah, I wasn't carrying a cane. I, I didn't have a dog at the time, and I could kind of shuffle around and keep to myself and you know hide my disability. But uh, when I started 
college about 25 years ago, it's back in the mid-90s, I um, sort of embraced my blindness, basically, because I had no choice anymore. And uh, I started using assistive technology. The first piece of assistive technology that I used was a computer with a screen reader built into it. And back then, we were using Windows 3.1, using DOS. So I had uh, Window Eyes and Vocalize. I think those are the two programs that I had. And with that, I was able to uh, type out my documents and uh, into my term papers and even uh, take a lot of my tests using that method. I was also using Kurzweil 1000 at the time, which was a, uh, a, a scan and read program. Um, about five years later, I graduated to the JAWS screen reader. I've been using that ever since. JAWS is essentially, for those who don't know, it's a program that you install on a Windows operating system that allows you to use the computer without needing a screen. So ideally, or a mouse even. So ideally, everything can be controlled using a keyboard. And uh, the Kurzweil 1000 is still around. It works with a scanner hooked up to your computer and you can scan uh, typed documents and have that information read back to you. There are other programs these days that allow you to do that with an iPhone or an iPad. And there's other um, standalone scanning devices that will turn text into speech. But um, I, I personally find that Kurzweil is probably the most accurate and the most reliable at this point. So, yeah, I've been using uh, AT for about uh, 25 years. Oh, yeah, another piece of technology I wanted to mention was the Victor Reader Stream. I really love that little device. It allows me to uh, record my lectures and notes and onto a standard um, SD card. And you can also uh, hook your device up to the National Library Service and download talking books you know, directly to the, the device. Really neat. So those are some of the pieces of technology that I commonly use here at the workplace. And also, uh, some other devices that people will typically want to look at when they come in and uh, examine are some magnifiers, uh, some portable magnifiers that people can use. Um, persons who have vision remaining, say they're in a classroom setting and they're sitting in the back of the classroom and they want to see the front of the room they can turn on these magnifiers and um, be able to focus in on you know, anything in their surroundings. So those devices are pretty neat, and uh, we have them on loan here at ATRC well, in our, our loan library so people can borrow them and use them and see if it works for them before they actually invest in it. And Barb, would you like to tell talk about our loan program? Well, I'll talk about our loan program, but uh, let me say a little bit about myself. Uh, Monty and I are quite a team. I'm the executive director. Uh, I've been around for a few years um, running this program. We're part of a national um, technology program called assistive technology and ours is assistive technology resource centers uh, here in Honolulu but we serve the entire state so I'm also a person with vision challenges um, and fortunately those challenges 
um, have disappeared as um, technology has been made available. So some of the devices that Monty mentioned are of use to me, um, but things that are just built into computers now, I don't have to have a lot of add-ons because I can increase the font size, for example, on a computer screen, um, which just makes my life much simpler. Or on an iPhone, I can increase the font size. So that simple, inexpensive piece of technology has made a significant significant difference for me. Or even something as simple as taking a picture of something far away and then magnifying it, right? Yeah. That's a really that's pretty cool. That's a really clever, clever thing. So if I'm uh, walking down the street or um, I actually am a driver, I began to drive when I was 30 years old, um, thanks to technology. Um, um, I can use um, a camera to identify street signs, for example. Very important. We all want to know what street we're on. <clears throat> so um, I want to just interject here um, for those of you who are in the Hawaiian Islands. Our phone number is 808-532-7110. 808-532-7110. We have a Facebook page and we also have a website um, that will give you very, <coughs> excuse me, specific information um, about our organization. Um, one of the things that we do is have a loan program. And I'm going to back up a little before I talk about the loan program. If an individual calls us, and that individual could be a person with a disability, it could be a parent, it could be a grandparent, it could be grandma and grandpa who may be having some vision challenges. Um, we not only serve vision challenges for all those individuals, but we also serve persons who have hearing problems or are deaf. Uh, we also work with people with mobility-related issues, uh, and we also work with developmental delays um, and um, numerous learning disabilities. So we're across the board in terms of the kinds of services that we provide. But today, our plan was to focus more on the technology and the services um, for persons with vision challenges. Though, as I said, we are responsible, we're federally funded, and we're responsible for all disabilities. So, as I said, we're throughout the state of Hawaii, um, and we do work on the neighbor islands as well as here in Honolulu. Obviously, because this has been the year of covid um, we have not been out as much as we normally would be. So we have been doing Zoom programs and other types of podcasts uh, to, to keep in touch uh, with the community. Um, we welcome visitors to our office to see technology so you can actually come and touch it and try it out. What we want to prevent, um, and I think we've been successful with saying that not only for here in the Hawaiian Islands, but we have this program in 55, 55 other places, including the territories um, such as uh, the Federated, throughout the Federated States of Micronesia, U.S. Virgin Islands, Puerto Rico, um, Washington, D.C., New York, we're, we're everywhere. 
Um, but we want people to come in and see the technology and try that technology before they decide this is the technology I want. None of us want to waste money. So whether an item is $25 or $2,500, we have most items here that you can come in and touch it, try it, and see if it's the right item for you. Um, And then in addition to seeing it, touching it, feeling it here, you can borrow an item for up to six weeks and put it at your work desk or put it in your home environment um, to make sure that this is what you want. Now, the money. So the items that you may want to acquire may be covered through your insurance. And I'm kind of saying that carefully because it's a challenge, but it may be covered through insurance. It may be covered through the Department of Education. It may be covered through vocational rehabilitation. It may be covered through Department of Health. Regardless of where it is covered, we will help you find the financial resources to get the equipment that you need. We have a loan program, uh, meaning a financial loan program, through American Savings Bank. We've worked with them since 1997, and we've been very successful in people borrowing money. And don't worry if you think I don't have the the necessary resources to borrow money. The loan program is designed for people who may have some financial um, challenges that would prevent them from normally participating uh, in a financial loan program. But we will do um, whatever it takes to get the technology that is going to make a difference in your life, regardless of your disability. Um, and I get our experience with people is if you want the technology, we will work with you to figure out how to get that technology. I'm just there. I just really want to make um, that clear. We're not going to say it's impossible. So in addition to some of the things that Monty talked about for uh, people who are blind, we also have products here that you can try if you have a hearing loss or if you are deaf then we connect with other organizations in the state of Hawaii um, to make sure that you're getting the services that you need and we'll we'll follow you along we won't just push you out the door and say okay we can't do anything we'll follow along with you until you get the kind of service that is um, is useful for you we also have a computer redistribution program and if you need a computer and you're not able to obtain one by yourself, uh, we can provide a refurbished computer to you um, that will allow you to have access. So we try to be across the board in providing um, access to technology. We serve approximately 600 people a year and um It will be more again once we're post-COVID. Is that what it is, (laughs) post-COVID? So um, that that, is a very short description. I want to tell you our address again. We're located 200 North Vineyard Boulevard. We're next to Foster Garden. We're in the Aloha United Way building. Um, Our room number is 430 And our phone number is 
532-7110. And my name is Barbara, and my partner's name is Monty. And we have other staff. We have an assistive technology specialist. Uh, We have a resource person who's always out there looking for grant monies and opportunities so that we can add more resources to the services um, that we provide. And we have an office manager who keeps us organized. So that's who we are, and we would be more than happy to welcome you uh, into our facility just call and make an appointment. And you can visit us on the web at atrc.org. And I also wanted to mention, too, that we have a music club. And this is for musicians with disabilities and all of our friends. So it's not limited. You don't have to have a disability to participate. But um, we meet uh, the first Thursday of every month. And we're trying to uh, stream all of our meetings on Facebook and uh, with our performances. We record them on video and upload them to our YouTube page. So please um, visit our ATRC Facebook page and you can find information on how to get linked up with the music club. So please pass that around. You want to talk specifically about how to get on our our pages? Do you have that in your head? Well, you know, I, I have. We have a um, Facebook group for the music club. Um, so if you got your recorders ready, I'm going to give you the link for it. It's HTTPS colon slash slash www.facebook.com. Then it's slash groups, G-R-O-U-P-S slash the music club Hawaii. And that will take you right to the invite page. Click on that invite link and uh, become a part of the, the music club. And what we try to do is analyze um, audio gear for its level of accessibility. And uh, we try to encourage and motivate one another to pursue our musical interests and practice our instruments. And, you know, it's a whole, it's a whole gambit. I mean, we, we educate, we motivate, and we try to help people learn more about social media so they can get their creations online and distributed, you know, around the world. So that's, that's one of our, our primary focuses. So please, uh, Stop on by. So uh, we can talk about specific pieces of technology, but the reality, as I have learned, is that there's not one technology that fits everybody. It's unique, and that's one of the advantages in Hawaii as well as the other states, that there are services so that people can have this opportunity to try equipment before they purchase it individually or before they work within the state system um, that will pay for that technology. So uh, another thing that we forgot to mention is the Veterans Administration also does a lot of work um, in getting technology for persons with disabilities. So that's also if you have any connection uh, with the Veterans Administration where technology is available. I just want to assure you, and I, I won't regret saying this, we have yet not, I mean, we get what somebody needs. It takes effort, but we will work with you to get the technology that you want, um, that you want to need. So we want you to come by. We want you to call, make an appointment, 
and see the technology because I think coming and touching it, trying it out uh, makes all the difference. And, you know, if if your disability or your disabling condition um, has come into your life at a later point, you might not be really comfortable with technology. And that's why we want you to try it before you actually um, decide that you're going to use it. Um, it's just wonderful. We have um, some older adults who come in and um, they're amazed at the difference that a CCTV, closed circuit television system that magnifies, for example, um, can make in their life. And uh, if you've not interacted with one of these, it's pretty amazing because not only does it increase the size of whether you're looking at a book or a magazine or a postage stamp, um, it also will read the items to you. So you have two ways of interacting through a CCTV. Um, to get the- <laughs> so thank you for having us. We look forward to hearing from you. And our phone number again is 808-532-7110. And in case you forget that, you can call me directly at 7112, or you can call Monty directly at 7111. Either one of us or any of our staff is happy to make sure you can interact with technology that's going to make a difference in your life. So um, mahalo, and we look forward to working with you. Thank you so much. So uh, we are almost at our morning break, but we have a couple minutes. So that means door prizes. So uh, let's give some uh, let's give some stuff away. So uh, let me check my list here. Uh, number we've got uh, our fifth door prize of the day, and this is a a hefty one. This is a forty dollar uh, gift card to Longs or or CVS. Uh, it's uh, from oh, it's from Maureen Sheedy and Jim Earhart. Thank you so much, Maureen and Jim, for the very generous uh, door prize here. So let's see who is our winner. Da, 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 da. It is Kylie Kamioka. Kylie Kamioka. So Kylie, congratulations! You get to have a a little shopping spree at Longs. So, <laughs> uh, all right, let's uh, give a couple more out because we do have quite a few and we have a, a little bit of time here. So uh, our sixth uh, door prize of the day is let's see, we've got another twenty five dollar Starbucks gift card from donated by oh larry lara tanigawa geez lara so many thank you thank you thank you i i would i would love to be your nephew lara um so uh let's see who do we have here uh we have as our winner candy uh let's see wait waper waper I, I hope i got that right candy uh congratulations candy and uh let's do another one all right, so our next uh, prize is uh, three more. Oh, handmade masks by, of course, uh, Mona. Uh, Mona Yamada. Thank you so much, Mona, for the beautiful masks. Uh, so let's see, who is our winner? Da, 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 da. Let me check here. We've got our winner is... Dun, dun, dun. I don't see it. <laughs> one second, one second. Hang on not popping up here okay so we've got oh wait why is that not coming up 
Oh, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Apologies. Apologies. Uh, Sally. Uh, Sally Hammond. Sally Hammond. So congratulations for that. And uh, let's do one more and then we'll, we'll call the morning break, uh, which will be 10 minutes. Uh, so our eighth, eighth uh, door prize of the day is going to be another $25 Amazon gift card donated by, oh, Kyle Lacanze. Thank you so much, Kyle. Who's going to get to buy something on Amazon? Uh, that will be Hope. Hatake Naka, Hope Hatake Naka. Congratulations, Hope. Uh, hope you enjoy that. And uh, I think, uh, you know, like I said, we do have quite a few more and we will be doing more later in the morning program. But um, I mean, Art, unless you have something uh, you want to add, it is 1025. So we can take a 10 minute break, uh, stretch our, our legs, stand up from our seats, uh, take a little bathroom break, et cetera, et cetera, coffee, whatever. Um, Art, are we, are we all good? Um, no, Antonio, we are doing good. Um, so let's go ahead, folks, and take a 10-minute uh, break, you know, stretch our legs, uh, get some coffee or get a soda pop or even maybe get a, something to nibble on uh, or even a bathroom break. Some of us, I probably have to go there. And then we will come back around 10.35 Hawaii time um, <clears throat> and continue on with the program. But uh, again, I just want to say, you know, uh, wonderful morning program so far. I think um, kudos to all of our speakers and everyone that has already uh, come up to speak. Um, you know, it's just, it just amazes me every year how, you know, when we call upon the library or Pono or any of the other speakers that came up, you know, ATRC, um, I can connect, you know, they're always willing to just jump right in and say, yes, sure. You know, um, we'd love to be part of that program and help you folks out. So again, you know, kudos to you guys and thank you for helping us with our program and sharing it with us. So other than that, folks, I'm going to say, let's take a short break. Um, again, you know, get some stretching going, moving around put that oxygen back in our heads and everything and pumping the blood. And we'll be, we'll be right back in about uh, 1035 Hawaii time. <laughs> 